This is More in the Morning. Filling in for John Moore, here's special guest host, John Tory. There we go. This is the rust that uh, John Moore is sitting at home going, oh, that man. You know, why is he doing that? Why does he jump all over uh, his uh, his own name being introduced? But it's just so you know, you're not hearing John Moore's voice. You're hearing mine, John Moore, on a well-deserved uh, week off. And uh, I've been among those. You know, I've, I've said over the years, because I, as you know, I, I, you know, was CEO of a big media company, and that included a lot of broadcasters who did morning shows. And they always had contracts that provided generously for vacation. You may say, well, you know, why should that be? And the answer is because people like John Moore and others, uh, you know, get up at literally 3 o'clock in the morning or 3.30 in the morning uh, to prepare for the show. You know, I've said before here, my kids used to say to me, well, Dad, you know, you're not really working hard anymore uh, because you're only working four hours a day when I was doing broadcasting before. And I would say, yeah, but the four hours a day, first of all, is... is, um, demanding work. Uh, when I explain to people what being a talk show host is like, um, I will explain to them that the talk is the music. And you have to, you can't run out of things to say and say, well, that's it for today. It's uh, 7.07 and we got to go home because we run out of things to say. And so not only that, they have to be reasonably well informed. Uh, so you have to read and prepare. So John's up when he does this all the time, every single day, except when he's on holidays, really early in the morning to prepare, then come in here and then do the work uh, and then do some more preparation later in the day. So the notion that you should have more holidays than people who don't have, and I know there are people who work overnight, but and that includes my daughter, who's a doctor, for example, and she works overnight, and I know she sleeps. In fact, I think she's working overnight tonight and will sleep tomorrow. But, you know, uh, it's just a, a taxing job, those ones that involve that kind of sleep disruption and those kinds of uh, odd sleeping hours. So uh, there are some things that have happened while you've been sleeping and while you've been passing away 2023 and uh, January the 4th, the clock ticks over and lo and behold, new laws come into effect. And there's some interesting ones uh, that are coming into effect in the province of Ontario. And we thought we'd bring in uh, Sabrina Nanji from the Queen's Park Observer to talk about those. Sabrina, how are you this morning? Good morning, John. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. So the first one that caught my eye, and there are many that are interesting here, uh, was the, well, I mean, if you want to talk about the one that's probably of most interest to people, it's the fact that uh, Premier Doug Ford uh, never wanted to miss an opportunity, uh, talked about the gas tax, uh, the lowering of the gas tax being left in place for another additional period of time. Yeah, you're right. I think this one was an easy win for the Ford government. They've been dealing with their fair share of controversies in 2023. And so I think this was maybe a good news headline for them that they would want. But you're right. You know, this is something that's going to affect people at the pumps. The gas tax cut has been extended you know, that's 10 cents off per liter until June 30th. And uh, there is some buzz at Queen's Park that this could be further extended again, but uh, we're going to have to wait until the spring budget, uh, which we're expecting sometime around March to come out to see if that goes further. But you're right. You know, it's a new year. January 1st uh, typically means at Queen's Park that a bunch of regulations, a bunch of laws are coming into force. And uh, at Queen's Park, that means dealing with anything from cannabis shops to killer shrimp. Yeah, well, we'll talk about <laughs> we'll talk about those those killer shrimp. It's like a sort of an oxymoron, a killer shrimp. But having said that, uh, one of the ones you mentioned is cannabis, and it seems a bit counterintuitive to say that the way to, as I quote the minister, the attorney general, help further support a healthy and competitive legal cannabis market is to increase the number of stores when there seem to be three on every block. But I was advancing the notion earlier that what this may in fact be doing, as much as some people won't like it, is actually allowing the big guys to get bigger. Uh, 
because now this law will allow uh, those who were uh, opening a maximum of 75 cannabis stores to open 150 across the province, and it might stabilize uh, this business in that you'll have bigger people allowed to get bigger, and maybe some of the smaller people will go by the wayside. Yeah, I think that's uh, you're onto something there for sure. I mean, as you mentioned, the cap is now going up from 75 to 150 stores, and you know the the franchise retailers uh, they're, they've they've been telling the province that they've gotten pretty close to that 75 store limit, and so they they've been pushing for more. The province is lines is is that this is going to help stamp out the illegal market that's still around, uh, and uh, you know increase competition um, and pricing. And you're right, I think you know in the long run the effect might be uh, that some of the little little guys end up falling by the wayside uh, for the more bigger companies here. But I do think that that will, for better or worse, end up, uh, you know, evening things out uh, in, in the storefronts that we're seeing, because you're right, it seems like every other shop now, whereas it used to be a Starbucks, is now a cannabis store. That's exactly where it's gone from. Yeah, I think we're left at basically now with coffee shops and cannabis stores. And I gather, as a subject to talk about another day, magic mushroom stores are proliferating. But having said that, <laughs> that is for another day. A couple of things that are in the education domain that may not occur to people as being changes that will affect them, but really will when it comes to the well-being of their kids have to do with a teacher certification for foreign trained teachers and making it easier to build schools. And maybe you might just talk about those. Yeah, I think that these, um, you know, these were sort of low, low hanging fruit for the government and that it was fairly easy for them to make these changes. And it, it might take some time before we start to see the impact. But I, I think this is getting positive uh, reaction all across the board. As you mentioned, you know, teachers uh, who are trained in other countries could have a quicker um, application process in, in Ontario because now they're limiting uh, the decision, the timeline for the decision to 60 days. Days. So that will be certifying teachers faster. That's the idea behind that. And also building schools and school construction. I mean, it can take years, like up to seven years on average to build a new school. Uh, and, and the government wants to bring that down to two years. So part of that process is to bring um, in standardized designs. That's something the feds have actually been talking about uh, for housing in general and, and to get buildings up faster, which is something that we, we need across the board. I think another one I'll just quickly mention is, is daycare pickup rules because we know that in these rare but you know horrifically tragic circumstances where we've seen little ones you know uh left in the car or something and, and then something dangerous happens i think that now daycares are going to have to have safe arrival uh policies in place and you know to, to try and make sure that these tragedies don't don't keep occurring i think that's a, a smart move for the province as well Okay, and uh, so and that that I think is a smart move, and I think you're right to uh, mention that one as well. School boards, by the way, uh, when, when we're talking about education, will also be able to better identify and sell surplus property at fair market value. And I was always amazed when I was mayor at that this the labyrinth of, of of just extraordinary bureaucracy that stood in the way of school boards dealing with land. And while you know they're prized uh, green spaces sometimes that are attached or adjacent to schools, uh, sometimes there are schools that just aren't in use at all, uh, and that could be a spot for some housing, given that we have a housing crisis, and I think that's part of the idea here. 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, there is going to be a priority given to um, affordable housing or even long-term care homes, which are, you know, obviously high on the province's priority list right now. And so I I think, you know, we have to wait and see how that all shakes out. But certainly um, that seems like a smart move and something, you know, maybe more innovative um, that the the Ford government is doing here because we kind of need all hands on deck uh, when it comes to dealing with our housing crisis. So we should give the last minute here to the opposition who say that we should be looking at things like uh, tougher rent controls, uh, some kind of profit tax on grocery retailers because they're really speaking to the affordability crisis and beyond what we mentioned on the gas tax being extended, the gas tax reduction. uh, There isn't much to help with the affordability crisis here. Yeah, you're right. And I mean, you would know that, you know, politically speaking, that governments tend to save the the, the pocketbook uh, goodies closer to election time. And so, of course, you know, while some of these are, are good moves, the, the opposition says it, it's not nearly enough. People are struggling right now, especially after the holidays and, and in a new year. You know, pe- people are really feeling the pinch. And so NDP leader Mart Stiles wants to bring back proper rent control across the board. And Green leader Mike Schreiner um, has an interesting proposal uh, for an excess profit tax on on grocery retailers uh, to, to try and, you know, d- deal with the the, what, we're, what we're feeling at and, you know, the big bills at the at the grocery stores. And so, you know, the Ford government hasn't been keen on that. Uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see when the House comes back in February next month if they'll take them up on it. But of course, you know, there's still a lot of work for governments of all stripes and all levels to do uh, when it comes to cost of living for people. And having been the opposition leader, I can tell you that uh, it is, I can concur in the fact that the opposition leaders say it's never good enough no matter what they're saying. Sabrina and Angie, Happy New Year, and thanks very much for joining us to explain legal changes taking place uh, yesterday in the new year uh, from the Queen's Park end. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me.